Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call.
So something's wrong when it's on that webcam. Well, the webcam is off.
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Sidarius, and I'll be your conference operator today. I would like to welcome everyone to the Kirkland Late Gold conference call and webcast to discuss the company's fourth quarter and full-year 2020 financial and operating results. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to Senior Vice President, Investor Relations, Mark Udding. Thanks very much, Operator, and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our fourth quarter and full year 2020 conference call and webcast. On the call uh, today are many members of the Kirkland Lake Gold Senior Management Team. Speaking today will be Tony McCooch, our President and CEO, David Soares, our Chief Financial Officer, Evan Peltier, our Vice President of Mining for Kirkland Lake, Larry Lazetsky, our General Manager of Detroit Lake Mine, Ian Hahn, Vice President and Co-Lead of Australian Operations, and Eric Callio, our Senior Vice President of Exploration. There are also several other members of the management team on the phone as well that may participate in the Q&A. After we go through the presentation, we'll then open up the call to questions. We ask each person to limit themselves to two questions for the purpose of, of this call. The slide deck that we'll be referring to is available on our website, both on the home page and in the events section. Before I get started, I would like to direct everyone to the forward-looking statement slide, slide two on our slide deck. Our remarks and answers to questions may contain and likely will contain forward-looking information about future events affecting our company. Please refer to slide two, as well as the forward-looking information section of our most recent MDNA, dated February 24, 2021, for more information. Also during today's call, we'll be making reference to non-IFRS performance measures. A reconciliation of these measures is also available in our most recent MDNA. Finally, I'll mention that all figures given today will be in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. With that, I'll turn the call over to Tony Lacouch, President and CEO of Kirk and Michael. Okay, thanks, Mark, and uh, thanks everybody for being on the call. And you know, I guess it's uh, definitely been a, 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 a different time over over the last year uh, in, in, in 2020. Very, very, you know, as we can say, you know, a lot of lot of lot of different things happened. But in terms of the people of Kirk and Lake Gold, which includes you know the, the, the people that directly work for us, our suppliers, our, our our communities where we work, and our partners. I mean, it, you know, we everybody really stepped 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 up to the forefront and really put in some good efforts. And you know, we had we had we had a record year in a lot of different areas. And you know, in some areas we can be very proud of it in terms of of how people work together and and and, and achieve these results. But when it, when it came to, uh, to COVID-19 and COVID-19 response and our all of the processes at place, I think we've had significant success and our sites still re remain very safe and, and, and operate and operating well. And I think people can feel pretty good about, about what we can achieve, achieve as a group when, when we get challenged. Anyway, if I can turn to slide number five, you know, just talking about ESG, we've been putting a lot of effort into into the different components of ESG at Kirkland Lake Gold, and really a big part of it, we want to start ensuring that we communicate better in terms of what we do from an ESG perspective. And if we go to slide slide number six, you know, as I mentioned, a key area for us is formalizing our processes around reporting and public disclosure. And 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 as I also have said, we've made significant advancements. 
We published our second consolidated sustainability report in November of this year, of, uh, sorry, of 2020. And, and we are on track now to issue our 2020 sustainability report before our annual meeting in May. And, and we'll be actually issuing our uh, sustainability report every year around the same time and with our normal filings that we would be doing at, at, at the end of March. Right. Additionally, we adopted the World Gold Council's Responsible Gold Mining Principles in 2020, and we have completed our year one external assurances. We finalized policies and standards on human rights, supplier code of content, content uh, con sorry, conduct, grievance resolution, and workplace diversity. We are an industry leader in minimizing greenhouse gas emissions and invest significant funds in managing water and tailings. And we you know we're going to actually be increasing our efforts in those areas and, and, and going forward. And you know the people of, 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 of the detour have achieved an important recognition in the year with the Tom Peters Memorial Mine Reclamation Award for their progressive reclamation program, which which has been going on there for quite some time. Now on site seven, as you can see, we firmly believe in being socially responsible and, and in providing support to community organizations and groups that provide essential services. At the beginning of the global pandemic, Kirkland Gold committed to supporting medical, social, and community organizations or areas of operations with a focus on homelessness, mental health, addiction, uh, training, uh, youth training and, and development, and senior citizen care. Our teams have been actively engaging with public service organizations in both Canada and Australia to help those in need, both financially and with in-kind donations of hand sanitizer, masks, and other PPE. Our support for our local community goes beyond COVID-19. There's a long list of initiatives highlighted on this slide. In total, what they demonstrate is a company that is deeply committed to and immersed in the communities where we operate. Turning now to the fiscal year 2020 on slide eight, we achieved the record year of performance. We reported record production, earnings, and cash flow. We also achieved all of our consolidated full year 2020 guidance. We returned almost 850 million to shareholders through share repurchases and dividends. We completed the acquisition of Detroit Gold and made, a considerable, made considerable progress at Detroit Lake Mine, which generated over 40% of our free cash flow and is already realizing some of the substantial upside we saw when, when we looked at this asset. And speaking of the upside, we achieved significant exploration success in 2020 despite the challenges related to COVID-19. And in all three of our cornerstone assets, we, we made good progress, right, with our key projects. And that, that includes the, the number four shaft, that, that project at Macassa, the Robins Hill development over at Fosterville. And, you know, the biggest driver is going to be seen in 2021 a detour with the with the uh, expansion of, of, of the resource that we, we, we that, that, that with, with the exploration success and that combined with the, the mill expansion that and, and mine expansion that we're working on right now. And uh, before I leave that slide, again, I mentioned that we, we had a record year financially, operationally, but we also had a, a record year for Kirkland and Gold from a health and safety perspective, the lowest injury frequency we've had now in, in, in five years or ever for the company. Looking at closely now at our financial and operating results on slide nine, our earnings were very strong. Adjusted net earnings were $923 million or $3.41 per share. This increased 23% from 2019. Operating cash flow totaled just over $1.3 billion, and free cash flow increased 50, 58% to $733 million. The key driver to our strong performance was significantly high revenue and solid increases in gold sales. Looking at our operating results, we had record production of 1.37 million ounces of gold, 
It was 41% higher than 2019. Obviously, the addition of Detroit Lake was a key contributor to the increase. Our unit cost performance remained very strong with operating cash costs per ounce of 404, which beat our guidance, and all sustaining costs averaging $800 per ounce. Again, from a cost perspective, we are in the leading end of the pack of our, of our industry. Turning to slide uh, 10, looking at Q4 2020, again, as I mentioned, we, reckon we generated record results in the quarter. Production of was 369,000 ounces, and 32% higher than Q4 2019, and 9% increase from the previous quarter, with all three of our operations having their highest production levels of 2020, in 2020, uh, in, in Q4 and 2020, sorry. Our unit costs were strong with operating cash costs of $396 per ounce and our own sustaining costs of $790 per ounce. Looking at earnings, adjusted net earnings were $0.98 cents per share, which increased from $0.88 cents per share in last year's fourth quarter and $0.92 cents in Q3. The $0.98 cents of adjusted net earnings was after a $0.03 cent per share reduction due to prior period adjustments on depreciation costs. David Storrs will discuss more that more in detail in a few minutes. And looking at cash flow, operating cash flow was $421 million, while free cash flow totaled $232 million. Now looking to slide 11, with our record operating and financial results in 2020, we finished the year with a very strong balance sheet. Cash total just under $850 million. It's 20% higher than that than at the end of 2019, and that with no debt. The key contributor to our cash growth was our 58% increase in free cash flow to just over $733 million, as I mentioned previously. We also achieved $174 million of proceeds from the sale of strategic investments and $75 million through a strategic alliance with Newmont relating to our whole complex and exploration in northern Ontario. Offsetting our strong cash generation was a significant capital we returned to shareholders during 2020. We turned $848 million through both combination of repurchasing shares and growing dividends in the year. Now on slide 12, this provides a detail of, of, of I know what we think is one of our, one of our very important components of our capital allocation strategy, which is returning capital to shareholders. Of the $848 million returned to shareholders in 2020, $732 million was used to repurchase 18.9 million shares in the year. I should point out that we also repurchased an additional 1.1 million shares in early January of 2021 and have now achieved our goal of buying back 20 million shares. We did that in less than 12 months. We had mentioned it before that we would do it between 12 and 24 months. And that was a goal that we announced as part of the closing of the detour gold acquisition in February of last year, in January of last year. We also paid $116 million in dividends in 2020. We tripled the dividend during the year through two dividend increases, and now we're paying 18.75 cents per quarter or 75 cents per year. Moving to slide 13, as mentioned, we, we achieved all of our full, full year consolidated 2020 guidance. I won't go through each component. But if you look at production, we predicted that last year, in last quarter's call that Fossilville would beat its uh, targeted range driven largely through higher than planned tons process. We also said during the Q3 call that McCaster would not achieve its production guidance, which it didn't, but it had a stronger fourth quarter and we fully expect it to show improved results in, improved results in 2021. You can also see from slide 13 that we were slightly below guidance for both growth and capital expiration. That really involved the timing of ramping work back up after it was suspended due to COVID-19. 
moving on to 2021 uh, and, and, and uh, given the 2021 guidance in slide 14. We issued our 2121 guidance and three-year production guidance in December. The 2021 gu guidance includes production similar to 2020 with stronger growth at Detour Lake and the CASA returning to 2019 levels. And this will offset low, lower production at Fosterville. In Fosterville, though, we, we expect to continue drilling for new reserves and resources and, and, and looking for the next high-grade zone, which will, which, which, will, which will be a big, big bone value driver for Fosterville. But as, as we, we mentioned previously, we're going to really look at Fosterville not being more of a 325 to 425,000 ounce a year producer and really try to create sustainability in that way because of the challenges we're trying to replace the, 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 the number of ounces we mine very quickly in, from the Swan Zone in 2018, 19, and 20. Our unit costs will remain strong. With all cost guidance unchanged from 2020, we're seeing a shift from sustaining capital to growth capital in 2021, which is largely at Beaver Lake Mine. Finally, with expiration guidance of 170 to $190 million, we will be doing more drilling than we've ever done before in, in, in our history of Kirkland Lake Gold, and we believe we are one of the more, if not the most aggressive explorer in our industry. We continue to have substantial expiration upside at all three of our cornerstone assets, and we will plan to go after that upside very aggressively. Before turning the call over to David Soros, I'll, I'll, I'll just talk slide 15 and briefly look at our mineral reserve estimates for December 31st, 2020, which were released yesterday with, as part of our year-end results. It's important to note that our drilling programs for 2020 were significantly impacted by disruptions related to COVID-19. We shut down the drills in Q2, ramping back up, took several months. In total, we did about 60% of our planned in-mine drilling at Fosterville and even less than that at Macassa. Even with that limitation, our total mineral reserves of operating assets increased 3% to 20.1 million ounces. The increase reflected reserve growth of 6% at Detroit Lake. Basically, what we did at Detroit Lake was become more selective using variable cut upgrades to help us with ore sorting and grade optimization to the mill. But also, you know, we, instead of putting some low-grade material into, into waste piles, we actually said we would be, be more selective and place that into a low-grade stockpile that we can use to, to, to process that end, end of mine life or end of pit life. We, we, we have identified, at Gito, we have identified a, a reserve of 14 million ounces that will feed, that, you know, at, 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 at similar rates previous years. And, and, and we've separated from that an additional 2 million ounce low-grade reserve, which will be a low-grade stockpile, as I mentioned, that will be fed into the mill when the, when the pit is mined up. When we acquired Deter, we saw an opportunity to build an assay lab and to optimize the feed to the mill using, using the stockpiles. And, and really, the, the split of reserves into milling reserves and low-grade stockpile materials is, is somewhat a part of that exercise. We'll, we'll be doing a lot of blastful sampling and improved grade control management at site over the next few years to, to, to help in terms of the operation. And, you know, we, we, we did announce that uh, we, we, we have the permit to increase mill throughput, and we do have capital programs taking place this year going to next year to increase the mill throughput capabilities. And, you know, we, we have given guidance showing that we're increasing production to 680 to 720,000 ounces a year for the next four years at Detour under its current form and with the potential to go to over 800,000 ounces by 2025. But all this is still a, still a subset of, of, of what we're going to get from the results from, from the drilling in 2020 and 2021, the saddle zone, et cetera. And, by the way, no new drilling, no, no, no new information was used to, to 
into this uh, in, into the uh, from, from new drilling uh, in, into the into the reserve statement for 2020 for, for, for detour. So uh, this is all uh, a catalyst and, and what the work that's going to be done in 2021 as part of our exercise. So. And then when at Macassar, we did have a small reduction in reserves with law, with again which reflected limited drilling. And you see that at Macassar, we did have solid resource growth, which partly reflects the fact that we didn't get drilling done to convert resources into reserves. As I said, it was about 60% of drilling at Macassar. At Fossilville, we depleted 647,000 ounces in an grade of 33 grams per ton. We were able to replace 339,000 ounces, albeit at a lower grade. The reality is to replace the number of ounces, we need to find the next high-grade zone. With an expiration budget at Fossilville of 85 to $95 million this year, we are doing going to work very hard at doing that in 2021. And I also want to emphasize that based on our new reserve estimates, we are well positioned to achieve our existing three-year production guidance at all of our sites, and we expect that 2021 will be a pretty solid year for, for, for reserve replacement and growth as well. And with that, now I'll turn the call over to David Soros, our Chief Financial Officer. Thank you, Tony, and good afternoon, everyone. I will start on uh, slide 16. As Tony mentioned, we had strong earnings in Q4 2020. Adjusted net earnings totaled 265.8 million, or 98 cents per share, a 43% increase from Q4 2019, and 5% better than last quarter. The difference between adjusted net earnings uh, per share of 98 cents and net earnings per share of 86 cents in Q4 2020 was mainly related to the addback of $35 million of non-cash foreign exchange losses, reflecting the strengthening of the Aussie and Canadian dollars against the U.S. dollar during the quarter, and costs related to non-operating sites of $8.9 million incurred at the hold complex NNT, which are not reflective of our operations, as well as severance costs and COVID-related costs totaling $2.2 million for the quarter. Q4 earnings and earnings per share is impacted by higher depreciation, Depreciation in the fourth quarter included an adjustment of approximately $10 million, or three cents a share, relating to the first three quarters of the year, resulting from purchase price allocation adjustments at Detour Lake. Turning to slide 17, the key driver of improved earnings in Q4 was higher revenue. Revenue in Q4 2020 totaled $691.5 million, 68% higher than the revenue of $412.4 million in Q4 of 2019 and higher than the $632.8 million of revenue recorded last quarter. Of the increase from a year ago, a 393 per ounce increase in the average gold price to $1,875 per ounce accounted for $146 million of the increase in revenue year over year and $137 million related to a 33% increase in gold sales to 371,000 ounces. Compared to last quarter, we had a 74 million increase in revenue from a 12% increase in gold sales, increasing to 371,000 ounces from 332,000 ounces last quarter. This impact more than offset a $12 million reduction as a result of average price decreasing from $1,907 last quarter to $1,875 in Q4. Looking at EBITDA, as shown on slide 18, Q4 2020 EBITDA totaled $458 million, a 60% increase from $286 million in Q4 2019. Compared to last quarter, EBITDA increased 19% from $384 million. The change from last quarter relates to net earnings, which were higher, driven by revenue growth. 
Depreciation in Q4 was 33 million higher than Q3 2020, partly due to increased sales volume, which accounted for $10 million of the 33. As mentioned earlier, the increase in depletion and depreciation was primarily at detour due to depreciation adjustments on the fair value estimates related to the purchase price acquisition allocation. Sorry. These adjustments increased depletion and depletion, depreciation expense in Q4 2020 by approximately $20 million as compared to Q3. Approximately 10 million of the 20 related to revisions to depletion and depreciation expense during the first three quarters of full year 2020. Turning to slide 19, adjusted net earnings in full year 2020 totaled 922.9 million or $3.41 per share, a 60% increase from full year 2019. The difference between adjusted net earnings per share of $3.41 and net earnings per share of $2.91 in full year 2020 was mainly related to 58.5 million of non-cash foreign exchange losses reflecting the strengthening of the Australian and Canadian dollars against the US dollars during the year. The environmental remediation provisions at the NP accounted for 32.6 million and transaction cost of 33.8 million related to the detour acquisition. Turning to slide 20 to look at our cash balance and cash flow. On the slide, you'll see that our operating cash flow is very strong, generating over $490 million of operating cash flow in the quarter before $70 million of cash tax paid. During the quarter, we also uh, invested in our key assets, spending $189 million in capital, as well as $20 million on strategic investments. We also received $65 million from the sale of our investments in DeGray and Novo accounting for the $147 million of net cash used in investing activities during the quarter. Cash used for financing of $277 million reflected the $245.3 million we used to repurchase 5.7 million shares um, in Q4, as well as $34.2 million used for dividend payments. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Slide 21 looks at the change in cash in a different way. You can see that the largest contributor to growth in cash was our operations, which generated about $401 million of cash, which is before income tax paid of $70 million, growth capital investments $33 million, and exploration spending of $36 million. Other cash outflows include costs incurred at our non-operating sites at the NT and Old Complex, as well as corporate G&A of $12 million. As noted in the previous slide, during the quarter, $279.5 million was returned to shareholders, including $245.3 million used to repurchase just over 5.7 million shares uh, through the company's NCIB, and $34.2 million of dividend payments related to a quarterly dividend of $0.12.5 cents per share paid on October 14, 2020, to shareholders of record on September 30, 2020. Next, I'll turn it over to Evan Peltier, VP of Mining at Kirkland Lake to discuss performance of the Thanks, David. I'm starting on slide 22. 
For 2020, Macassa produced 183,000 ounces at operating cash costs of 562 and all-in sustaining costs of 922. There are not, these are not the numbers that we were expecting on prior calls. Uh, we have talked about the impact of COVID-19 on, on our operations and the excess heat we experienced in Q3. We bounced back in Q4 and had a solid quarter with the average grade up 45% and higher levels of tons processed compared to Q3. Production for the quarter totaled 52,000 ounces at an operating cash cost of 534 and all-in sustaining costs of 941. The all-in sustaining capital numbers were still high, which largely reflected the level of sustaining capital expenditures as we continue to catch up on some key projects, including capital development. 37% increase in production compared to the previous quarter was due to 45% improvements in the average grade reflecting a greater portion proportion of higher grade stopes and the SMC being mined during the final quarter of the year. As you have heard, this year we expected to see numbers more like 2019 with productions of 220 to 255,000 ounces and cash costs of 450 to 470. Next slide, please. Turning to slide 23, looking at our major projects for the year, we have made excellent progress on a number of fronts. The four shaft project is approximately a month ahead of schedule and on target for completion in late 2022. We're tracking well against our capital cost budget of 320 million and have the potential to come in below that level. The total spent to date at December 31st, 2020 was 177 million. During Q4, we sank the shaft 875 feet to a total of 4,250 feet by quarter end. We also continue to make good progress with steel installation and putting in place all required infrastructure. Today, the shaft is down around 4,600 feet. We also have projects in place to improve ventilation. We're currently completing an upgrade project that should increase air to the mine by about 50% to around 300,000 CFMs. This should be done in Q2. We are also expanding our ventilation with two vent raises, which should add another 200,000 CFM by the first half of the year. When the four shaft is done, we'll go to about 750,000 CFMs or better. We're also doing a number of other projects, underground infrastructure, mill enhancements, and the ramped surface zones along the amalgamated break. Generally, I'll say these projects are all progressing well. I'll now turn the call over to Larry Lazinski, General Manager of Detour Lake Mines. Thanks, Adam. Turning to Detour Lake on slide 24. Before we look at the uh, Q4 2020 numbers, I want to call to your attention that the results for the full year 2020 are for the 11 months from January 31st, 2020 to the end of the year. In fiscal year 2020, Detour Lake produced 517,000 ounces. Uh, gold sales were 537,000 ounces for the year. Production for the year was just under the guidance range of 520 to 540,000 ounces, reflecting a slightly lower than planned average grade. Looking at unit costs, Operating cash costs averaged $625 for the year. All-in sustaining costs per ounce sold averaged $1,171. For Q4 2020, production at Detour Lake totaled 153,000 ounces at an average cash cost of $612 and an all-in sustaining cost of $1,207 per ounce. Looking at 2021, you've already seen the guidance we expect significant growth in production to 600 to 700, 680,000 to 720,000 ounces. 
which is based on our on over 24 million tons of throughput at much higher average grade. To support this growth, we have received a revised air permit to support annual production rates up to 32 million tons. Although our current plan does not fully utilize that new limit, we do anticipate reaching uh, 28 million tons as previously uh, uh, spoken about earlier uh, in throughput in the new plan. With the growth in production, unit costs should improve with cash costs of $580 to $600 per ounce and all-in sustaining costs better than $900 per ounce with lower sustaining capital expenditures. Moving to slide 25, Tony mentioned earlier we have a number of projects at Detour Lake. We're investing in significant mill enhancements to improve throughput by adding screens to the crushing circuit, adding leach tanks, uh, a detox tank, and capital improvements to the CIP and gravity circuits. We're also continuing with a major tailings expansion project. Surface infrastructure projects include a new assay lab, communications upgrades, core shack, airfield, welding shop, camp, camp expansion, improved uh, access roads, and uh, pavement of areas around the camp, surface buildings, and the front gate, which also includes a new way station. Mobile equipment procurement was a key area of capital expenditures as well in the second half of 2020, as we upgraded the fleet in support of plan growth. This will also continue in 2021. We also have significant deferred stripping component in our growth capital this year, which reflects a major stripping campaign we have planned as part of phase four, which will support production in future years. With that, I'll turn the call over to Ian Hahn, Vice President and co-lead of our Australian operations. Yeah, thanks. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'll be speaking to slide 26. Uh, Fossil had a record production year in 2020. Um, we produced 640,000 ounces, about 3% higher than the 619,000 ounces uh, we did in 2019. The 640,000 um, ounces of production, uh, we exceeded the full year guidance uh, for 2020, uh, and this was driven by um, higher than planned uh, tonnage. Uh, the increased tonnage more than offset the, the reduction in the average head grade. Uh, Throughout 2020, we invested in infrastructure for the mine to continue to support the higher mining rates. Uh, we completed the ventilation system, um, a new gold room, uh, new transformer station, uh, and, and these projects, along with the addition of Paceville and the underground operations, uh, were very important for the increase in volumes. We continue to achieve very low costs in financial year 2020, with operating cash costs of $139 per ounce, uh, higher than last year, but only due to the uh, slight reduction in average grade. All in sustaining costs per ounce sold for full year 2020, average $312 uh, versus $291 in the full year 2019. Uh, the change is a result of the increased royalty payments uh, resulting from the new royalty the Victorian Government introduced as of January 1st last year. If we exclude the impact of that new royalty, uh, asset per ounce sold for the full year 2020 actually improved 9% uh, from the year 2019 uh, and this is mainly due to lost capital expenditures. 
Looking at Q4, uh, we produced 164,000 ounces. This is based off 184,000 tonnes at an average grade of 28 grams a tonne and average mill recoveries of 98.9%. Uh, this production compared to record production in Q4 2019 of 192,000 ounces when we had a record quarterly head grade of 43 grams a tonne. Um, the production per Q4 increased uh, from the 162,000 ounces um, that we put, that we managed in uh, Q3, and, and this was purely a result of slightly high tonnage throughput in Q4. Turning to 2021, uh, Tony's already addressed it. Uh, we are transitioning to a higher tonnage, uh, lower grade outlook. Uh, we plan lower levels of production over a longer period of time at, at present, while we continue our very extensive exploration programs. Uh, with that, I'll turn the call over to Eric Callio, the Senior Vice President of Exploration. Thanks, Ian, and good afternoon, everyone. My first slide today will be number 27 and summarizes final results and year-to-year -year changes for exclusive resources. And as indicated, and we've already heard earlier, we did have we did experience some challenges with this resource replacement, um, but in large part due to COVID and not just not being able to do all the drilling that we had planned. Despite the above, uh, we did see uh, some success and good growth at Macasa and Detour during the year, but for slightly different reasons. At Macasa, we saw almost 32% increase in inferred, 4% in indicated, which are basically areas that we, we did have expression success, but just not enough time to be able to convert these to reserves. For Detour, we also saw a good increase of about 20% for M&I and 29% for inferred, but this was mainly due to an increased price for the gold used in the new update, which was $1,500 US versus the $1,300 in the previous. Aside from the above, we did see a sizable decrease in Fosterville, including a 33% drop in M&I and 27% drop in inferred at the Fosterville mine. And looking at this, you could say most of this is due to the limited drilling and large amount of high grade that was depleted during the year but also due to some refinement of resources that Harrier and Signet. We also removed some lower-grade historic resources in the upper part of the mine, which are away from the current mining. Turning now to my next slide, which is number 28, and this slide is related to Detour, where we're continuing to advance the large-scale drill program started in early 2020 to evaluate resource potential near the main and wet pit. As previously announced, the program includes a minimum of 250,000 meters of drilling, and is designed towards creating an updated resource and potentially expanded mine plan for early 22. Shown on the screen is a long section through the area being drilled showing current reserves, targets, and results from our latest press release, which was announced in late December. This is our third such release since starting the program. As shown on the image, the release includes information from additional 25 holes from the project, which were drilled mainly into the saddle zone as well as some of the first holes to test the potential extensions of mineralization to the west of West Pit, and overall continue to be very positive, with several holes intersecting broad zones of mineralization with attractive open pit grades, but also higher grade subintervals, which could provide potential for underground resources as well. Although there are a large number of highlights in the release to talk about, I believe it's worth drawing your attention to the east part of the saddle, just west of the main pit, where we had quite a few holes indicating both the broad zones of mineralization, several of them being between 150 to 200 meter wide, 
but often containing higher-grade subintervals at very shallow depths, in some cases right at the bedrock interface. Although, as shown by the green dots, there's a large number of holes we could point to. Some of the key ones could include 25A, which, had, which intersected 4.02 grams per ton over 43 meters, and 2.58 over 70.9, as well as hole 28, which intersected 4.38 grams per ton over 31 meters. Additional to this, we also had several other good holes in the central part of the saddle, which continued to confirm continuity of the system between the two uh, pit reserves, as well as some very good results up to 200 meters west of the wet pit. In summary, work to date at Detour continues to go very well. We now have 12 drills on site and all the necessary uh, equipment to complete the program. I'm feeling very confident about hitting our goals by year end. So now turning on to slide number 29, we should see an image uh, from Acasta, where, which was one of the main areas that we did absorb a, a solid hit from the COVID, and in the end resulted in us only doing about 60% of our planned drilling and also coming up slightly short of replacing all reserves. Despite the above, we do feel that there was still a lot of exploration success during the year, including intersection of new high-grade zones in several areas of the SMC, definition of a new 700-meter-long uh, high-grade corridor at the main break, as well as identification of almost 180,000 ounces of new inferred uh, resources, which we believe could have replaced much of the remaining uh, reserve shortfall given a little bit more time. So considering the above and the fact that all drills are now back up and running, we feel we're now back on track to uh, and ready to start replacing reserves again in 21, with our target for the year again being about 250 to 300,000 ounces. So details for the plan are shown on the current slide. As indicated, focus strongly on direct extensions of the SNC to the east and west, as well as the amalgamated, which are areas we've always had success in the past. In addition to this, we're initiating what we feel is some significant new work on a 34 and 51 level to start testing upper parts of the main break and areas to the south where we, where we believe there could be new SMC-type structures. Works also planned from a new surface ramp as well as on regional exploration. In total, the program will include about 2,000 uh, meters of development, 226,000 meters of drilling, with about 40% of the drilling being dedicated to the SMC west, 40% to the east, and the remainder to the new projects. And the new development will be, uh, is shown on the slide, will be completed in several areas defined by the yellow uh, lines, uh, designed mostly to support drilling into these new areas. So now turning on to slide 30, we should see a slide for Fosterville, whereas in Canada, we also had some strong setbacks from COVID, which caused us to lose about 42% of planned drill meters and being unable to gain some very important platforms to test down plunge of the Phoenix and Swan. These two items, plus a large amount of depletion this year, are some of the main reasons for the change in seeing the reserves and resources, with the remainder being from reinterpretations, new drilling, movement, as well as movement of certain low-grade zones in the upper historic part of the mine to mineral inventory. Aside from the above, we do feel there are a lot of good accomplishments, again, from exploration uh, in 2020 here including new high-grade intersections at the Swan, Signet, Carrier, as well as extension of the mineralized envelope at Robin Hill up to 900 metres down plunge, and continuing to see uh, intermittent signs of quartz with visible gold similar to Swan. Given to the above, 
We remain optimistic about our chances for success in 21, and as with Macasa Design, we believe is a very good program with a strong chance of replacing the ounces we will mine. Again, the details for the plan are shown on the slide, and we'll focus mainly on the Lower Phoenix and Robbins Hill areas. We have 232,000 meters of drilling, 5.6 kilometers of development. Approximately 65% of the total meters will be dedicated to Lower Phoenix, 25% to Signet, oh, sorry, 65% to Lower Phoenix and Signet, 25% to Robbins Hill, and the remainder to other new projects on the mine leases. In terms of development, was split between Lower Phoenix and Robbins Hill, with about 20% of the meters going to Lower Phoenix to develop new hanging wall platforms so that we can drill down plunge, as well as to completing two new hanging walls, uh, as well as, uh, and then the other 80% uh, being targeted towards Robbins Hill and continuing to advance the new exploration drift towards the Robin Hill Reserve. So in summary, 2020 was a bit challenging for Buckhast and Fosterville, but we believe things are looking up in 21. And on the other hand, Detour already had a good year, and we think this one will become even better. And with that, I will pass the call back to Tony. Hey, thanks, Derek. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and everyone for contributing on the call. Hopefully you didn't uh, be too, too, too long, and I'll try to be concise here. Anyway, I'll just finish up here on slide 31, and you know, definitely you can see that it was, uh, you know, there, 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 we had a, a good, strong year in, in 2020. And yeah, with COVID-19, and you, you might sit there and say, well, it's, it, it's a year we might want to forget, but at the same time, you know, we had some significant uh, uh, performance and, and really get the sense of, of the quality of people and what people can do when they work together. You know, and you can look at the, whether it was record levels of productions, earnings, and cash flow for the company, or you know, record uh, safety results, and really, you know, some strong performance in terms of 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 of, of our of our uh, of our responsibility responsibility to the to the communities we live, live in and we work in the the people that, that that live in those communities and the you know the the environment and and etc. and that, that that's going on with the company. Anyway, you know uh, and, you know some other highlights you know for the year again you know in terms of returning 850 million to shareholders in 2020, you know and share repurchases as in dividends were you know, both met you know, both both were strong and 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 we as I said we met met our met our guidance on share repurchases by, by into January of 2021. We have a strong balance sheet. Our business plan going forward uh, positioned us very well to have really good, strong success in 2021 and, and the next few years. And we have an extremely large expiration budget. But you know, like we, we, we're going to sit there and say 2020 is behind us, uh, only because we, we we got some such exciting things. As Eric talked about, some exciting things from an expiration point of view in 2021. And you know, we 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 are you know we have given up some updated guidance for for Deter again that shows. Growth in production and detour for the next five years, and and that's really just a subset of what what our real view of a detour is going to come and with with the expiration drilling being done in 2021 and the continued advancements of permits in, in 2021 at detour, uh, with uh, you know the continued development of the new shaft at Macassa and what what can happen there, plus the the ongoing uh, development at, at Fosterville into Robbins Hill, plus you know a very aggressive exploration program going on 
that down at down at Fosterville in 2021. So they're very exciting year and good. You know, we look at where our share price is and where where we can where our share price can go over the next 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 year as we as we as we demonstrate new value coming into the company. It'd be, be exciting a year for shareholders. Um, you know, we we also have a lot of other initiatives which which, which will be coming on in terms of how we're gonna how we're gonna move forward from a from a from a social responsibility point of view, where we want to take ourselves in terms of leading the industry or being being up front at, at front and center in the industry, whether it's to greenhouse gas, uh, whether it's to community support, and and and, and whether it's you know really going to into the 21st century strongly in terms of automation and digitization at at, at our at our sites and making smart minds over the next few years. But those are things to talk about at, at maybe at our next calls and our next meetings. I know we're going to. Well, maybe we'll get to see some of you personally at the BMO conference next week, and definitely we're always open to, to any calls if people want to talk and have to have, have meetings. We're always willing to, to, to speak one-on-one -on -one to people. But with that, anyway, I'll, I'll end the call, and I'd be happy to take any questions we've got. Thanks. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, you need to press star 1 on your telephone. Your first question comes from the line of Tyler Langston from J.P. Morgan. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, just with the, the exploration at Fosterville, um, I guess do you have a sense of whether we'll be getting, I guess, updates throughout the year, or is it something more to expect, uh, you know, sort of towards the end of the year, early 2022? Okay, Eric, uh, speaking time. Um, we don't have an actual timeline that we plan to bring out an expiration release. We, we do the releases when we feel we have significant information that we can uh, announce. Uh, we do feel that we're making steady progress uh, on the programs there. Like I mentioned, we're finding, uh, you know, we've got broad systems identified. We're seeing, uh, you know, characteristics of the swan zone. Um, but, uh, you know, the press releases will, uh, I mean, let's say there's no timing for them. Uh, uh, but uh, we, we uh, We'll uh, give updates as needed. Okay, and then just as a, as a follow-up, um, in terms of capital allocation, uh, you know, sort of you know this year is it more I guess preference, you know, for the dividend or you know how do you think about buybacks and just kind of any color there would be great. Well, I mean, we, we you know in terms of our capital allocation and and, and the strategy, we we communicated a couple of times in a number of areas that we want to really focus on. Definitely, uh, you know where our dividend is, and you know we have a strong dividend, and and you can see as we progress into 2021, we have some, both a strong cash position and and potential for further free cash flow generation. We are going to be you know, continue to work towards being strategic with our NCIB where possible, and we're going to we we'll be considering what we can do with our, with our dividend uh, in terms of growth. But at the same time, you know, we want to we want to make sure that we can we can fund and 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 be well positioned to drive new value for the Kirk and Lake for the shareholders. And you know, whether it's in relation to our again again our, our, our aggressive exploration program we have this year, our aggressive investment into growth uh, we, what we see at Detour. Plus, our, you know, what we're looking in terms of trying to do at Fosterville. So we 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 want to make sure that we responsibly keep keep our business strong and profitable, but at the same time, you know, returning a, a good a good portion of any free cash flow to shareholders. And we don't see ourselves building up a cash position to to, to over a billion or multi-billion dollars. But 
I don't know, David's if you want to give any more color on David Soros or CFO, any other color on that? Or? No, Tony, I think that, you know, what you just mentioned in terms of having aggressive, uh, sustainable dividends, looking for opportunities to grow the dividend, you know, when we can, um, and our shareholders have expressed, you know, interest in both the buyback and the dividend, right? So things we consider on an ongoing basis. And as you said, we'll be opportunistic on the buyback as well. Hey, great. Thanks so much. Your next question comes from the line of Hoveas Habib from Scotia Bank. Hi, Tony and uh, Cricket Lake team, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, just a couple of questions from me, and I'll, and I'll pass it on to other guys on the on the call. Just based on the trigger guidance at uh, Postable, um, you know, the plan essentially was to reduce the material from the Swan Zone. Now. Does the new reserve grade uh, change your thinking at all in terms of the mix or increasing the throughput uh, to manage that reserve grade? Um, I mean, I think in, in, in terms of, of where we're going, I mean, a lot, lot of the plan we have this year is is to try to be to, to 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 improve the mix going in. I mean, you have a lot more flexibility now at Fosterville with with. With the, with the with the improved ventilation and and, and pace fill et cetera and and you know opening up more faces but but I think uh, you know that maybe Ian can give a little more color there but you know we also see that that it as a grade is reducing or in, in terms of what we got for a resource that you know we need to get me be be able to be uh, less selective and more 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 able to to be more proportional to the to the mining in, in various areas but Ian you got any more color to that you want to get. Yeah, sure, Tony. I mean, we've got uh, we've got a really well uh, scheduled out plan for our main stoping fronts, uh, and, that, and that is governed a lot by our, um, our geotechnical um, considerations. Postfield has certainly unlocked a few a fair bit of flexibility in that area, uh, and the, and the broader zones. You know, we're talking the Raptors. Um, you know, we'll start to get into the signets and things like that. You know, uh, higher tones and lower grade for sure, um, but. But what it does is give the mine a fair bit of flexibility. Uh, so you know things go wrong sometimes. So uh, you know the the more the more stoping fronts that we have, uh, then then the more able the the side is to be able to cope with any sort of bumps along the way. So I, I think we're setting ourselves up for uh, for pretty robust uh, production production going forward, and, and that's reflected in the in the tonnage numbers. Thank you. And, and just um, in in regards to the reserve replacement at Fosterville, which was about you know about 50 percent of depletion, um, where was this material added from? Is this is this coming from like Harrier, Lower Phoenix? Can you give me a little bit of color on that? You okay with that, Ian? Or yeah, I was, was going to say, Eric, do you want to tackle that one? Yeah, I don't think I'll call, but uh, I can. Uh... Mentioned that uh, the big focus for the drilling underground was really on uh, lower parts of the uh, the lower Phoenix, uh, which we could reach from the hanging wall drift that we have in place already, and uh, um, as well as the signet. So those are the two main areas. Uh, we didn't generate any reserves uh, at Robert Hill. Okay, and then and then just uh, once you kind of you know your your 2020 drill program. Um, you know, you talked about where you guys are going to be targeting in, in terms of, you know, how that plan is going to be laid out. Can you give us a little bit color as to, you know, where the re reserve replacement is going to come from for 2021 then? Or yeah, where do you see the yeah. biggest opportunity? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we've got uh, uh, the, the large majority of our of, of our uh, drill meters are allocated to the Lower Phoenix uh, down plunge of the Swan Reserve, and uh, that drilling is going to get done to uh, from a new hanging wall drifts that were uh, uh, that are in progress at, actually at this year end, and uh, we uh, think can be completed sort of mid year. Uh, but that's going to allow us to drill quite a ways down plunge, uh, maybe not the full 900 meters, but it, it will give us a big area to drill. And so that's going to be a big uh, com component uh, of that there. Uh, we also uh, hope to be able to add to the reserves at Robbins Hill. But really, that's really the main areas. Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Eric, and uh, thanks, Tony. That's it for me. Your next question comes from the line of Cosmos Chu from CIBC. Hi, thanks, uh, Tony and team, for the conference call. Um, sorry, Tony, I won't be seeing you at the BMO conference, but I've heard it's not that good anyways. Um, <laughs> um, maybe, <laughs> maybe my first question is on detour here. Um, good to see that, uh, Tony, you got the permit to get up to uh, 32.8 million ton per annum. Um, I guess, you know, as you talked about, you're not planning to get up there, you know, just yet. But, um, you know, have you thought about, you know, that works out to about 90,000 tons per day. Have you thought about how you could get up there? When I used to cover detour, they had talked about potentially like a third line, sag mill, ball mill configuration, um, you know, maybe some uh, back end, more leach tanks in the back. Have you thought about, uh, you know, once you get there, how, how you might get to 90,000 tons per day? Well, sorry, uh, and, and, and Larry's on the call. I can let Larry give some color too to this. Uh, but uh, right now, like in our programs, our capital programs for detour for the processing in 2021 and 2022, uh, we're doing a lot of things to improve uh, improve throughput at, at the mill in terms of uh, whether it's new with some additional leach tanks with improved improved uh, performance on the crushing, either through screens and and through alternate feed systems. Uh, try to work on. On, uh, on scheduling and, and again the things to give you more flexibility to improve in terms of overall mill availability and mill utilization. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of areas. Right now, I, I think as, as we discussed previously, uh, from, from our perspective, I think Larry mentioned, we, 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 right now we're seeing us getting up to somewhere around 28 million tons a year, which is about 80,000 tons a day. And, and you know, what, what we, we, we're at a point, I mean, we, we say it's uh, sort of in, in one way, we, we're, we're not necessarily working towards the uh, um, uh, 100% this uh, drive throughput at the detour as, as being a big growth strategy there because we, we need to also want to improve grade control and grade management, and that's part of us in, in when we install a new assay lab this year, and we, maybe we'll be able to do a combination of, 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 of improved grade control, grade delivery to the, to the plant, and building, and building stockpiles over the life of, of, of the mine that can really generate a lot of cash flow. But I don't know, Larry, you got any color you want to give in terms of, uh, of, of mill performance? Thanks, Tony. The only thing I'd add really is, is uh, you know, over the course of the next uh, couple of years, there's, there's a lot of capital going into the mill, uh, various areas, um, you know, increasing the crushing side um, obviously is going to, you're pushing the material through the through the mills and, and the rest of the plant. And, um, you know we need to understand and, and 
continue to debone and decking to, to get to that 28 and then you know maybe two or three years down the road we understand exactly how the mill's running and, and then you make more decisions from that point so. but, but they, they you know they, they, the line the current circuit line that that in place will definitely you know uh, we, we we're not quite sure what the what what, what the um what the final uh total throughput might be on that and yeah there is an opportunity to do a third line but Right now, we don't, you know, we're not, we're not seeing the the requirement to do that yet, and it, it, you know, there's a lot of other opportunities in terms of maximizing uh, throughput and uh, with lower costs. And but I mean, fundamentally, we want to also try to optimize grade delivery to the mill at any one time, and then be responsible for the whole deposit. So that's where instead of throwing a lot of low grade away, we can start creating a low grade stockpile and. And use that, and, and, and it saves us on tailings too, because and 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 uh, disturbances on surface and and, and our overall uh, footprint on site and the mine length, because then we, we process that, we put it back in the pits, and you know we 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 we, we create a better closure plan for detour. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, and then my second question is on your, you know, 2021 outlook here. Um, as you talked about, uh, Q1 is the lowest production quarter, um, you know, highest sort of unsustaining costs, but then, you know, you also go on mentioning that the unsustaining cost is higher due to the timing of CapEx, um, sustaining CapEx. Could you maybe help me out? Because, you know, during the presentation, uh, you talked about detour. Uh, a big part of the CapEx is the tailings facility. My understanding from before was that a lot of that money spent on tailings will be during the summer months. Um, so I'm just trying to reconcile, you know, the profile of CapEx um, you know, for the company and how that fits in with, you know, what you have talked about at Detour. Well, I mean, at Detour, so first off, yeah, you, you, you do have the, the tailing that, that is, you know, it doesn't necessarily 100% stop. Uh, you know, we don't remember that there's an old saying, why wait for spring do it now, right? There, we, I mean, there's a lot of stuff where we're, we're, we're continuing to progress and we need to progress tailings, but in terms of capital programs, a lot of the, I mean, there's a lot of the mill programs that are taking place and from a capital perspective at, at detour there's there's the aggressive expiration that's part of a part of a cost in, in, in q1 and q2 um you got any more than that larry i mean you got it all there you know we do have some deferred stripping happening that happens in q q q q q1 q2 right and then right. the shaft is progressing at Casa. We're looking, going to the next phase of, of, of with shaft, not, not just shaft thinking in 2021, but also some more shaft infrastructure starting to come into place, such as, you know, uh, bins and uh, work on, on those type of areas. We are doing some work uh, at, for detour in terms of uh, where, how we progress the set of uh, liquefied tailings deposition to a, to a high density or a paste Epitating deposition for better water management as we as we progress in the future years. So. Great, thanks, thanks, Tony. That's uh, those are the two questions I have, and I look forward to the remainder of 2021. And joking aside, have a good time at the BMO conference. Your next question comes from. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go gonna, ahead. I just uh, just to finish up, at Cosmo asked us. It's already been. It's at one point that maybe we forgot to mention. We did. We mentioned that all-in sustaining cost per ounce was going to be the highest in Q1, not necessarily sustaining capital. 
and and so because our like our production our production in Q1 was is, is lower than than future quarter, so that's a big driver of of, of our AISC per ounce in the quarter. So sorry about that. No problem. Um, your next question comes from the line of Mike Parkin with National Bank. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, most of my questions were answered, but you know, you've got that nice permit out of the way. Um, well, actually, it wasn't a nice permit, uh, but you've got the new one in there for detour. Can you give us some color in terms of how often, maybe in Q4 in the second half, you were bumping up against that daily limit just to get give us a sense of just how kind of handcuffed you were and being able to show what that mill can really do? Thanks, Mike. Um, Larry here. Throughout the year last year, uh, I think we, we bumped up against it uh, about 70 times, give or take. Um, you know, it, uh, it would manifest itself into, you know, the mill having a kind of slow down mid to late night shift, um, depending on depending on the situation, right? So, so that you know, I think although we could the mill as is, we could uh, we could take advantage of, of that permit, um, but not to the degree that we plan on taking advantage of with the with the throughput initiatives. So, uh, you know, as we get uh, later into uh, later into the year this year, and then and then into the following years, we plan on being consistently above that that level, seventy five thousand. Yeah, okay. And sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, again, the other aspect of, of, of increasing throughput was also we don't, we don't want to do that at the expense of, of, of recovery. So, so that's the other aspect of it that, that, that we, we're bumping in. This is sort of leading in, you know, to get the permit to this level. It leads into to, to a lot of the capital and, and the programs we're putting in place at Detour. Uh, to, to, to both improve mill, mill throughput, but also improve you know mill performance right, right, at, at, at the operation. So, okay. Right. I guess the the tankage is to kind of keep retention times, you know, yes, similar yes. given your throughput's going to be going up. All right. Thanks right. very much. That's uh, that's great color. Okay. That's it for me. Your next question comes from the line of John Tumazzo from John Tumazzo's. Hey, Tony. Thank you. If you could explain uh, a little on the detour reserves. Uh, above a half a gram, you declassified 408,000 ounces, it looks like, or the reserve went down more than depletion. And then uh, almost 2 million ounces at 0.41. Are those all end-of-life stockpiles? Sorry, I'm Natasha Vaz here, our VP Technical Service. I see a VP Technical Service here. She can answer a lot of this stuff. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Yes, Hi, um, Natasha. As, as part of the, the detour um, update, uh, we did uh, redo the, the geology model, and so it did have an impact because we did change the, the shape uh, of, the, of the actual pit itself. So it did have an impact for the overall resources did change. Um, but with respect to the, the cutoff grade, uh, we went uh, to, as Tony mentioned, a variable cutoff grade format. So, um, and basically what we ended up doing at detour was um, becoming more selective, and that will help us with the reporting and grid optimization. So um, 
just want to stress that when we, when we did that, we optimized our grade and production profile to bring forward higher grade ounces and stockpile lower grade uh, to be milled mainly at the end of month. And we also made, yeah, that's right. We also did make the pit smaller a little bit, so that that's probably um, impacted our overall resources. Yeah, see, one, one of the things that we did, uh, 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 John, is is like with with the with the previous reserve. So you say we we depleted some, but we, what we did was there were there were some marginal allowances maybe at the bottom of the pit where where we adjusted we adjusted we we didn't uh, you know we we adjusted costs etc from previous years in terms of what was in the in the model and pre previous reserves. And so the pit doesn't drop pull down quite as far as it was before. Uh, so that's where it looks like you did, did, there's some ounces came up, but it's just because the pit's a little bit smaller, right? If I could ask another on uh, Fosterville, is the three-year production forecast solely from the reserves already on the books, or does it include some MI and inferred? Or does it assume a few extensions that you think are there but still need to document? John, uh, it, it's based on only reserves. When we ran the financial model on the reserves, um, the, it falls within the guidance. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Robert Del Frati from Robaho Inc. Thank you very much for taking my two questions. Um, first of all, I'm a little confused since uh, all of the reports that you've been putting out in the last while have been extremely positive and extremely encouraging. But for some reason, the market is not buying into it. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at the stock's history in the last six months, it's been down about... Uh, uh, I'd say $25 or so over the last year. It's down about $32, $33. Today you're making another announcement that's record-breaking in all areas. I mean, we probably have more cash than anybody. We have more reserves. We have more competent leadership and so forth. And yet, here we are. Last time I checked, it was down $1.50. So my question is this. If we are, we are so positive about this stock, why is it plummeting? And secondly, what are you as the executive of this company planning on doing to stop the bleeding and the plummeting that seems to be affecting this stock? I mean, it should be, according to, uh, I think, Scotiabank, it should be trading between 65 and $70. Yet here we are. What is it? 43 something. Can you please explain that for me, please? Uh, thanks for the question, Robert. You know, uh, first and first thing, Robert, remember there's a. You know, I, I don't know if I can date yourself, but I can date myself. Remember, there's an old saying that says you can eat, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? So you know, uh, we, you know, be, you know, you, you, you sometimes you have to, you, you know, you have to, you have, it has to be with something that people want to own, etc. And you know, definitely, you know, been a, been, there's been a lot of positive uh, growth and, and continued positive uh, things, messaging and positive things we're doing at 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 at, at, uh, at Kirk and Lake Gold, and you know, it, it's up to us to, to 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 demonstrate value and drive drive new value for shareholders. Um, you know, the the market as as a whole and in the gold space, you know, that's there's some sometimes you. You know, things, 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 things. Are, you you kind of wonder what what can be going on. I think we have to we look at first principles. Uh, we we got to tell our story, 
and we've got to execute our story as, as we have. I think, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of key drivers that, that, that for the, for, for the valuation of KL and I'm, I'm sure uh, everybody wanted one is Fosterville and where's Fosterville going to go and where, where with new discoveries, et cetera. And then as we continue to progress, uh, you know, we've got the big catalyst a detour this year, the upgraded, updated, uh, resource and an updated reserve that we expect for, for, for 2021 and that tied to a whole new updated mine plan, et cetera, that might even bring, bring in those ounces that John Tomasso has talked about came up because we fit slightly smaller, maybe just let it be bigger again. So there's a lot of these catalysts that we got to work to, to drive and demonstrate new value. And I mean, I mean, fundamentally share prices should, should go up because of, uh, there, there, there's, you know, where, where somebody sees a, this, you know, the, the overall value of the company was a dollar yesterday, but tomorrow it's going to be worth two dollars, and that's that's how we got to demonstrate value. It's 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 got to be that, and you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, in terms of the market and and what the market sees, I think the the biggest probably um, thing around Kirkland Lake Gold is going to be what's the, what's the relationship to, to Fosterville, and and then maybe over time we dem we we work at demonstrating reason why Detour was such a great acquisition for the company. Okay, but how do you get that message across? Because on the reserves that you have right now in the cash and the fact that you have no debts, uh, according to some of the uh, analysts, this stock should be trading in the 60s, and yet it's trading at the 40s. So it appears to me as if that message isn't going out there. So what does the team have in, in, uh, in the plants to make sure that that message gets out there, that it's a $60 stock or a $65 stock as opposed to a $43 stock as it is today. So uh, does the team have any idea of how they're going to handle this? Well, I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, we, you know, we, 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 people like you going out there and saying this is a $60 stock, it's important to, you know, fundamentally it, it is us uh, continuing to demonstrate the, 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 the results uh, continuing to demonstrate that, that, that the business as it goes forward, and again, I, the, the biggest catalysts are going to be the you know what we see is is, is new discoveries at Fosterville. That's 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 a major catalyst driver. That's that's only going to be positive, and 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 as we 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 complete the the what we're working at with at Detour this year, and 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 what that can do. I mean, we we can tell us we 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 can tell a story. But we're, we're, what we're trying to do is in, in our story is, is tell, 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 the, tell the truth and, and demonstrate, demonstrate that. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I know and I'm sure, and you can see by, by a lot of the analyst reports, that people are seeing it and it, it's going to take time for people. They're going to want to know it's there. And, and then people will be buying in, in this stock. And there is a lot of value, and it is a 60 or $70 value stock. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's going to be coming over time as we, as we demonstrate that value. And you've had a big pullback in the gold price. You've had other things that happened. That's stuff we don't control, and, and we don't take credit for it. And, we, and, and when, when it goes up, and we, you know, we, we, don't, we don't take blame for it when it goes down. We, we've got to focus on, on value in the business, right? Are there any promotional aspects that the company or the executive can uh, undertake to to get that message out there? Because I can do it, but I'm only going to reach five or six or ten people. I think well, we, we need do, more. Uh, that many yeah, people. Well, we I mean we 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 do have a lot of marketing. You got to recognize the marketing uh, has been virtual. 
and we continue to 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 um, to, uh, be, to to be heavily out there and communicating to our existing shareholders and to new shareholders, whether it's you know the, the BMO conference next week. There's a, there's a number of things happening over the next uh, few months here uh, that we're we're, we're continue to uh, to communicate to, and it's, it's yeah, it's everybody you heard on this call. Uh, and 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 a few others were uh, you know are are out there talking to shareholders and communicating, but you know the, the, the where we are in and you know I won't say it's a challenge. We've got virtual meetings. We're we're getting good at virtual meetings. It's about it's about getting continue to get the message across. It's 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 uh, it's it's challenging, but it's a new opportunities for us. And you know we 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 do have an aggressive marketing schedule uh, that that's going to be going on for the next few months, but. Uh, fundamentally, you know, uh, we're we're not about trying to to tell a, to, to, to to tell a story. We're 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 about trying to demonstrate the results and make sure that the story that we're or or, the, or the, what we're telling you, we can demonstrate it in 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 in, in the results you're going to see over the next six months or a year. Right? Well, hopefully it'll come pretty soon. Otherwise, this thing is going to go back down to twenty-five dollars, which none of us want to see. Anyway. Uh... Uh, keep doing well. I shouldn't say keep doing what you're doing because the stock goes down. But hopefully this will stop and uh, we'll see it back up to sixty, seventy dollars in the near future. Thank you very much for taking my questions. Thank you very much. You take care. Thanks. Bye bye. There are no further questions at this time. You may continue with any closing remarks you may have. Okay, thanks, um, operator, and thanks everyone for participating today. And. I'll just put my, my, my own take on, on the last question, and that is that uh, right now we believe we're an excellent buying opportunity. We think we have a lot of value upside in front of the company. We have three outstanding assets, all of which has uh, significant expiration and, and value creation upside. So key for us is, is execution, both operationally and uh, with our expiration programs, and then aggressively market and, and let us make sure the street realizes progress we're making that's exactly what we expect to do and on that in that vein I'll, I'll say that we're very much looking forward to our, our next quarter end call so we can tell you how much further we've come thanks a lot for participating today and have a good day ladies and gentlemen this concludes today's conference call you may now disconnect <laughs>